Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Gay Men Going Deeper. This is a podcast series by the Gay Men's Brotherhood where we talk about personal development, mental health, and sexuality. Your hosts today are the lovely Matt and Callan and myself, Michael. Okay, guys, today we are talking about self-acceptance. I'm super excited to talk about this topic because I think personally, it is one of those very often overlooked aspects of self-care and personal development. So on today's episode, I'm going to ask three questions and we're going to hear from the wise Callan and Matt and myself on these answers. So what does it mean to accept yourself? What are the practical benefits of self-acceptance and how can you develop greater self-acceptance? So I'm looking forward to our chat today, boys. I'm really looking forward to hear what you guys have to say about this. And for our listeners, we also want to hear from you too. So next Thursday in the Gay Men's Brotherhood Facebook group, we are hosting a GMB Zoom Hangout. And that is a free event where you guys are welcome to come join us in the Zoom. And we get to hear from you about your experiences with self-acceptance. So... Um, if you want to join the event, please go ahead and join the Gay Men's Brotherhood Facebook group. Go to the events and RSVP there. Uh, for those of you who are not in North America, do not worry. We have a time slot for you too. Uh, we've been getting a lot of awesome new peeps coming in from UK, Europe, Africa even. And so we'd love this. So don't worry if you're not in North America, we got a spot for you. Come join us. Okay, and before we jump in, uh, I want to read a review from one of our Gaming Going Deeper members, actually. So this comes from the lovely and beautiful Stephen, who is in our Gaming Going Deeper membership community. So I will read you his review now. Stephen says, I have participated with Gay Men's Brotherhood since its inception in June 2020. It was a lifesaver during the pandemic and quarantine and has continued to enhance and enrich my personal growth and development every day. I love the bi-weekly Zoom hangouts and podcasts. I'm glad they added the additional gay men going deeper pay option for those who were really interested in connecting with ourselves with weekly Zoom meetings and educational videos on numerous growth topics relevant to gay men. Matt, Callan, and Michael are unique and supportive in their various styles of coaching. The Facebook group is a great community to support each other with people from all over the world. Thank you, Stephen, so much for your kind words and for being part of our journey from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, ready to jump in? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So uh, I want to introduce today's topic by simply sharing how I teach self-acceptance. So you guys know <laughs> that I love a good analogy. I love a good visual. So get ready. Here, here it comes. So I want you to imagine you take everything about yourself and you put it all on a big giant table in front of you. All your beliefs, all of your accomplishments, achievements, failures, mistakes, all your experiences in childhood and beyond, all of your joy, all your traumas, all your memories, all your personality traits, the good ones, the not so good ones. And there it all is on this table in front of you. The good, the bad, the ugly. We have this tendency to want to make a pile of only the good things, you know, cherry pick all the things that we like, all the good ones, bring them close to us and say, yep, this is me. These things here are me. All the good memories, all the accomplishments, all the positive traits we have about ourselves. And then we kind of identify with that only. But what happens of course, is there's this other pile of stuff on the table of all the things that we did not choose, all the things that we are denying or rejecting. And that's exactly what we do that we kind of 
push it over there and be like, yeah, no, I'm just not going to associate with that stuff over there. All the traumas, all the mistakes, all the failures, everything, all the bad stuff you don't like, you don't like about yourself. So that's not very useful because avoiding our limitations and avoiding our flaws does not make them go away. It just lets them function unsupervised in the shadows. And that my friends is the last place they should be. They wreck havoc over there. So what is self-acceptance? Self-acceptance is taking that pile of all the things you don't like and bringing them back, scooping it all up with both hands, all of it, the good, the bad, the ugly together, and acknowledging that all of it is part of who you are. So that's my long-winded definition. But for those of you who didn't follow, I will give you Google's definition because <laughs> Google is far more succinct and apparently pretty smart. So Google says, Self-acceptance self is embracing who you are without any conditions or exceptions, including all of your mistakes, faults, and flaws. Sounds super fun, right? Yes, we love dealing with our thoughts, with our faults and flaws here in the Game and Going Deeper podcast. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Let me tell you why this is important for real. People who come to me, and I'm sure Matt and Callan, you guys can agree with this as well, they say, okay, I want to have more connection. I want to have more belonging. I want to have more confidence. I want to have more self-love. I want to have more authenticity. Yeah, that's great. Here's the gag though, guys. You can't get to more if you don't accept where you are first, right? Self-acceptance is the very foundation of taking the next step to more. It is, it is the very first step of everything that we do. If you think about it, there's always a gap between where we are today and some future place we want to be. Maybe it's a goal we want, uh, the, the personality trait we want to we want to have, or just something. We 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 are here, but we want to be there. And that gap is always going to be there. But the way we deal with that gap can change. And that's I think where the beauty of self acceptance really is. Mm -hmm. Me and my story, and most of the people that I've coached, tend to deal with that gap with either self judgment and criticism. Like it's my fault, a lot of shame. Why am I here? I'm not good enough. I should be over there where other people are happier. Or we blame everybody else. We blame the world. We blame our lives. We blame our past. And we just say, I'm here and I want to be there, but it's not my fault. It's somebody else's fault. Neither of these options are helpful or useful at all in my experience. The best way to deal with it is to meet yourself where you are in the present moment so that you can take stock of where you are, accept all the things, scoop it all up so that you can move forward to get to where you want to be, wherever that is. doesn't really matter where it is. It's kind of like a GPS. If you're putting a GPS, if you're going on a road trip, the first thing the GPS knows is where are you? <laughs> it needs to know where you are so it can get you to the location that you want to get to as fast and as efficiently as possible. And so that's the way that I like to imagine self-acceptance. And before I pass it off to you guys, I just have one, one thing I want to say, and that Self-acceptance is not, is not giving yourself a pass for any of your harmful behaviors, harmful actions, just being a shitty person. It is not a pass on that. And it does not mean that you don't have to, you don't have to try to improve who you are or change who you are, right? I think it's really important that we know that accepting ourselves does not mean giving ourselves a pass. It's saying, okay, I've made mistakes. I fucked up. There's these things that maybe are harmful to me and or others, but I can change that. And the first step of changing it is accepting it. Okay. So that's my spiel on self-acceptance and I'm dying to know what you guys have to say about it. So let's start off with Callan. What does it mean to accept yourself? 
I'm actually glad that you passed it off to me because <laughs> as you were explaining this, I was just like, this is perfect way to start this all off because your analogy of putting it all on the table and then accepting like, oh, this is this good pile. This is me. And then, oh, that shitty pile. Nah, that's just over there is been one of the biggest parts of my journey is getting to a point where I'm just like, oh yeah, this shitty pile, that's me too. Like, <laughs> like I've had to learn to embrace a lot of those things because I've had interactions where, you know, sometimes people are surprised at my reaction or just they're like, oh, I didn't expect this from you and blah, blah, blah. And part of that is I have to own the fact that it's just like, yes, I'm, you know, I, I work on myself and I work on being compassionate. I work on being loving. I work on being a lot of these things and like, you know, doing all that, but there is no perfect and nobody's going to be perfect. And part of my journey was accepting the fact that it's like, sometimes I'm just really logical and factual and come across as cold. And that's just part of who I am. My default isn't going to think like sometimes be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. How can I help? You know, like, yes, that is part of me. And I've learned a lot about that. And, and when I work with people, I definitely have that side of me. But there's another default part of me that's just like, okay, cool. Here are the facts. Here's the shit that needs to change. And then this is what needs to happen. And I just like, I don't compartmentalize that emotional part. It's just, it's not really a huge factor to me. I'm not a real feely, emotionally based type person. I'm a very logical, mental um, based person. And so I have done a lot of work feeling more and like diving into those parts of me, but I had to also get to a place where I had to accept the parts that were kind of cold and kind of, you know, just straight up. And it's a part of me that's just like, yep, straight up, here you go. Here's the answer. And sometimes people are like, really like put off by it. Cause they're like, oh, this isn't the dance around the table and like, kind of like dance around the topic it's like I put it right out there into people's face and they're just like oh okay and they don't know how to handle it so much because so many people are so used to doing the dance that they're like oh somebody's just being straight up that you never know how somebody's going to take it because that's not the norm and then sometimes when people do get that they get upset because they're like this isn't the expectation I had of you I wanted you to respond like this and I wanted you to be all lovey and carry and this that and the other and part of me goes, okay, well, your thoughts, feelings, and emotions and responses aren't my responsibility. My responsibility is to do me and, you know, convey the information I need to convey. And I do my own work in trying to be as compassionate and loving as possible. That doesn't mean I'm going to like hold you and coddle you and, you know, oh, it's okay. You're going to understand you'll get there. It just means that, Hey, here's the information. Here's the facts. And you know, this is the stuff we need to work on. And sometimes people want it dressed up a little bit more. They want that emotional side. Um, and you know, that's just not a part of me sometimes. I'm just like, I don't care. This is the information. Take it, do whatever you want with it, but don't hold expectations about how you want me to deliver that. <laughs> and so a lot of my journey has been coming to this, that conclusion of just like, I just need to be myself. I just need to put it out there. And it, it, some people are going to fucking love it. Other people are going to hate it, but it's just, that's the beauty. Everybody's different in this world. I worked with a guy before who had Asperger's who he literally didn't have the capacity to understand other people's emotions. And it was great working with him. <laughs> <laughs> because like, I would just like, I would just say everything that needed to be said. He would take it and go, okay. And like, he would do things and then vice versa. He would just say things to me. And sometimes I was like, oh, wow, that's real. Like 
straight up. But then I also really valued that because I was just like, I love it when somebody's just honest and upfront and straightforward. And, you know, yes, sometimes you need to have a little bit more of a compassionate hand, depending on what topic you're talking about. But a lot of the time, like one of my core values is the efficiency, get the shit done. Like, let's get it done. Let's get it over with. Let's work through it. Let's do the things. And then, you know, it doesn't need to take five hours to go through this one experience. Um, so it's, it's interesting. You brought up the table and like all the things that you like are part of you part of me that I had like tried to fight for so long, especially in regards to coaching was, oh, you know, I have to portray this super lovey and cuddly and like, I'm going to hold your hand, yada, yada, yada. And I'm just like, no, fuck that. That's not who I am. Like my clients love working with me. Don't get me wrong. And I definitely have clients who are very emotional based and, and need more of that kind of handholding. And I do that but I'm also going to make sure that it's like, this is the information and I'm not going to let you ignore it. and not going to let you kind of like run away from that. You need to like face it. So I'm more of the, and even my friends from way back in the day know me as more of the, like, if you want the straight up truth and you want somebody to keep it real with you, Callan's the guy to go to <laughs> and owning that part of me and owning that part of my story. It really freed me up from like desperately caring what other people thought. And I think that that's very um, prevalent. Is that the word prevalent in the mm -hmm. gay community? Is that so many people care so much about what other people think of them that they're putting out these masks and these fake outs of like, oh, this is who I am. And then when they still get rejected for being the fake version of themselves, they get even more pissed off because they're like, I changed everything for you. And it's like, well, nobody asked you to. And so if for me, just being myself I'm like, cool, take me or leave me. Like, this is who I am. Um, I enjoy life so much more. And it doesn't mean that I'm an asshole by any means. Like you guys know, I'm, I'm a very kind and caring person, but sometimes it's just like, it is what it is. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's uh, kind of my intro little blurb about coming to the acceptance of like, this is, it's just part of who I am. And yes, do I constantly have to remind myself and take steps back and learn? Yeah, sometimes there's those conversations where like, Michael, you were saying like, even though that's a part of me, I still need to recognize like, I can't be that person right in this moment with this person that would not be socially acceptable. And then sometimes I have to feel it out and be like, you know what, sometimes this person needs a little bit of a harder hand right now. They need somebody to just be like, okay, put on your big boy pants, like, you know, stand up. We've done all the crying. We've done a good amount of it. Now it's time to switch over into the doing part, you know, and, and there is a fine balance to that. But the only way you're going to learn that is if you actually just step into who you are and feel that out for yourself. So yeah, Maddie, Maddie, what about you? Uh, you guys have a lot of great um, perspectives and ideas and um I like the analogy of the table. Um, that is a really beautiful analogy to my shadow work journey. It's throwing it all on the table and sorting through it. And um, I think self-awareness for me, um, it requires a lot of, or um, self-acceptance requires a lot of self-awareness. Um, and that, that act of putting everything on the table and being very aware of, of your shadows and triggers and um, all those things shortcomings um and actually i'll say perceived shortcomings because 
to one person, a shortcoming might not be a shortcoming to another person. And I think um, when I answer the question, what does it mean to accept yourself? I think it's, it's about shortening the gap between who I want to be and who I actually am. And this has been my journey my whole life. Like my creator, whoever this person is, <laughs> created me to think of myself in one way and then they're, they're like, okay, well, we're going to actually make you this way. Right. And there's so many things I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of an idea of the contrast of my experience um, and my journey towards self-acceptance, because it's been, I would say probably the biggest theme in my life. It's why I do what I do. It's why I do shame work. It's why I do authenticity work because I've struggled for my whole life at, at accepting large aspects of who I am. And, uh, hold on. And, uh, you know, I think being gay is obviously the, the, the primary, the primary one, the primary wound around, um, not wanting to own my truth and hiding who I was for my whole life, almost up until I was, um, 18, which is when I came out and, um, that gap between who I wanted to be and who I actually am was very, very wide. And, I used masks to hide. I used lies to hide. I was the, it was the opposite of self-acceptance. I was, I was rooted in self-animosity. And I think, <clears throat> you know, it's this contrast for me that's made life so difficult because if I could just, um, if I didn't carry the programming that I had around all of the things that make me different and unique um, to my own experience, not to the world around me, because I think everybody is unique, but like, you know, being sensitive, being empathic, being gay, um, you know, for me, a, a big one, which I've talked about in previous episodes was around um, being feminine, you know, owning my feminine qualities, my feminine nature, um, enjoying bottoming. That was a very big one. And one that I'm actually still working through on truly embracing and embodying the receptivity of bottoming, um, and, and letting go in my feminine energy in that act, I think is, is still a bit of a challenge for me. Um, and, and I think this has been, this has been my journey. This has been everything is learning how to, um, allow myself instead of resist myself. And I think that's, that's a big, a big part of it because I think resistance is like so loaded with ego and ego is like, no, no, no we don't want the world to perceive us this way, <laughs> right? We want the, the world to perceive us this way. And I think I had a, I had a, a, a faulty or, um, and I won't even call it faulty. I'll call it an unhelpful filter that my self-concept went through. It goes through this filter of my programming saying it's not okay to be these things. And believe it or not, all the things that I've struggled with accepting about myself are rooted in the masculine, right? Being sensitive. They say you're not supposed to be sensitive and emotional if you're a man. Being gay, you're not supposed to be gay. You're not supposed to be feminine. You're not supposed to be empathic because you're not supposed to be a good person with your feelings right all of these things they're so rooted in the masculine and um and for me my self-concept and, and how i've made through this this transformation around more self-acceptance it's been challenging 
this programming that I inherited from, I think just society in general, it's in my family system, but my family system inherited it from society, society inherits from the patriarchal dominator system that's fed us for probably a millennia now. Um, and I think I really had to put it all on the table, like Michael said, and really see what it is that is challenging me to like shorten that gap in between who I am and, and, and who I want to be. And I think I've had to really twist, twist my thinking on some of the things like really twist my thinking, because if you were to ask me a year ago um, around accepting feminine qualities and, and being okay with my body being softer and not, I think that's one of the reasons why I worked out so aggressively and tried to get into this body that I wanted to get into because I wanted to look really masculine and have that like Adonis look because I, I associated that with being worthy. And, and now I'm like kind of really appreciating this like softer, more supple body that I'm, that I'm in. A year ago, I would have never been able to, to see that. And I, I even got really emotional in one of the episodes, which was around a year ago, um, where I saw a picture of myself right? Paddleboarding. And it made me very emotional. I was very upset because I was like, wow. And then now I'm like, I, I look at myself and I see some pictures and I'm like, I really am learning to love this, like more, I don't even want to use the word feminine because it's just, it's not, it doesn't have to be feminine, but just this more, um, toned down version of myself and more humble and not as um, egoically driven to look a certain way. And I think, um, yeah, I think that's, that's the biggest thing. And, and then one other, one other thing I want to say around, around self-acceptance, because this comes up uh, in, in um, a lot of the work that I do as well. And it's come up for me is the word acceptance for me. It's like, it carries this like tone of like, Oh yeah. Like I'll accept that about myself. I'll put it on the table and I'll kind of bring it over and I'll accept it. But there's this element of like, when you accept enough of yourself, you start entering into the territory of ownership, self-ownership, right? And all of these things that I once didn't like about myself and I, I tried to hide from the world seeing about me, most of those things now I'm, I'm leading with those, right? Being sensitive, being empathic, um, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm quite there yet on leading with being feminine, but I'm, I'm learning to, 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 to embrace those qualities. Um, so I think there is a journey. There's a bunch of steps and stages that we take in self-acceptance. And I think, um, where I'm at right now is really learning how to turn the, the, the word acceptance into ownership and owning the qualities about myself that I once let lurk in the shadows. <laughs> Yeah, that's super uh, helpful to think of it that way. And I like that you both touched on um, expectations. I think you guys both mentioned that 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 is really an element of is dropping the expectations we have of ourselves and the way we want to show up. And that has been a, a huge part for me as well is it is so liberating, scary as fuck, but liberating on the other side of it to be like, hey, wait a minute, like, this is, you know, this is who I am and, and I'm okay with it. So we're not, again, we're not saying accepting the parts of ourselves that we do want to change, but rather this is who I am. It's not a bad thing. I actually, in fact, like this about me. And eventually, as Matt was saying, own that and then leave with that. I think that's a, a beautiful crescendo to get to, you know, where you want to be instead of that judgment and shame. So what do you guys think 
would be the, the practical benefits of self-acceptance? And I wanted to ask this question specifically for the listener viewer out there who is hearing us talk about self-acceptance and they're like, what, it's not a tangible thing to a lot of people. So I really want to give them some practical benefits to it. So what have you guys seen in your life that has been a benefit of doing this work? Well, let's jump into the energy of uh, coming out like that kind of acceptance, because that's a giant acceptance journey we all have to go on, um, especially as gay men. We have to, you know, I remember looking at myself in the mirror when I was like, I think 14, like really out loud, looking at myself in the eye, like admitting it that I was gay. And that was a self-acceptance thing. Um, and then just, you know, last week I did the podcast with um, the three guys who came out later in life and their journeys of coming to the terms of self-acceptance and being like, well, I'm in my 60s and I'm still attracted to men. Like, I, I think I need to do this. I think I need to accept this part of me and move into this other energy because I've been doing it for six years. I'm still not happy. So what's going to change? This is the one thing I'm fighting. Okay, well, let's change it. Let's see how it is on the other side. And as you heard, it's so much better when you can actually just be yourself, when you don't have to have those guards up and protect yourself. Um, and so for me, gosh, where do we even start? I think one of the biggest things for me that really helped me in regards to self-acceptance is mirror work. Um, that's mm -hmm. been huge. I don't know if people are familiar with Louise Hay, um, but she runs Hay or she ran Hay House before she passed away. She's an amazing, amazing lady. Um, did a lot of mirror work and I started following her ages ago and I started doing mirror work. Um, but that's essentially what I was doing when I was 14 was that I was doing the mirror work of like looking at my authentic self, real in the mirror, raw, nobody else around. And it's like, okay, everything that I say here is true to me. And I'm looking at myself in the eyes. It's like, you know, when you look at somebody else in the eyes and you're telling them truths and you can see like the reflected of like self-acceptance or like how their response is, that's the same for in a mirror. If you're looking at yourself in a mirror and you're looking in your eyes, you can't lie, you can't lie to yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you can pretend all you want, but if you're looking in that mirror and you're looking in those eyes and you're just like, I need to say something that's authentic about myself. Like you're going to know if you're in the back of your head, you know, okay, I'm, I'm lying through my fucking teeth right now. Or, yep, this is authentically me. Like I can agree to this. Um, so I'd say mirror work is probably the biggest thing that helped me kind of start working on that self-acceptance and start working on those things that I didn't like. And like Matt was talking about body and body image. I grew up, um, I wasn't overweight as a kid, kid, but then when my parents went through their separation divorce, when they were like five or six, I ballooned up I got very heavy um because I was obviously in a very up and down place in my life and anxiety and all of this that and the other like almost 200 pounds when I was like 12 14 um and looking in the mirror and being able to like admit things to myself was scary as fuck so when I was 14 overweight this bullied kid and I was just like and I'm gay <laughs> I was like Jesus um I don't even know where I was taking that, but yeah, mirror work is probably the biggest thing that I use to do self-acceptance. Oh, body. That's what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. um, so as I got older and turning into an adult, I used mirror work when I came back around to it as an adult and started doing this work like 13 years ago. Um, I used mirror work in doing a lot of just physical accepting of myself, just like being in my body and being like, this is who I am. This is what I look like. 
this is, you know, my love handles. This is my stomach. This, these are my arms. Like really just kind of focusing on the physical and really allowing myself to look at myself and just get to a place where I just accepted it. Um, that was, a, that took years and years and years of practice. And I, I almost forget now what it was like to not just look at myself in the mirror and be like, Hey, you look great because there's so many people out there who just don't like, there's so many people who don't really look in the mirror. They brush their teeth, they do whatever they check their hair, but they don't take the time to stand and look in front of it and really look at themselves in the eyes, look at all the parts of them, look at their hair color, their ear shapes, their nose shape, their jaw, their body. And instead of saying negative things about themselves, thinking positive things about themselves, and maybe even not positive things, even just neutral things, something that you can be okay with. I am okay with, you know, my broad shoulders. I am okay with my nose. I am okay with whatever. And then moving your way inch by inch towards the other stuff and kind of making it your daily practice and your daily challenge. Because brush your teeth in the morning, brush your teeth at night. Every time you go in the washroom, look in the mirror and just give it a second and be like, okay, this is who I am. Even just start there. Okay, this is who I am. And just look at yourself and give yourself that time. Give yourself that moment. Um, that's probably some of the biggest stuff that's really helped me shift in regards to the self-acceptance. Starting on that physical level and then eventually migrating and moving into like more of the like internalized stuff. But for if people aren't really familiar with a lot of that, I find that that physical level is a good first starting spot because that's that's real, that's tangible. And then moving your way into the the deeper stuff. What about you, Matt? <clears throat> I got emotional when you were when you were talking because I'm like, I just had this vision of people looking at themselves in the mirror and just how how many people on this planet hate their reflection. They hate what they see, you know, and that makes me really sad because, um, yeah, I'm just, I, I really want people to feel empowered. I really want people to love themselves and to accept themselves. And I think this, this topic really, it, it touches something inside me because it's like, what do we do as human beings when we don't want to be who we are? You know what I mean? Like that's a, that's a heavy burden to carry. And I think a lot of, you know, our audience is gay men. So I'll say a lot of gay men struggle with this. They, they don't like what they see when they look in the mirror. And, um, you know, I, th I think if, if I'm going to answer the question, like what, what are the benefits of self-acceptance? I think it's that it's answering that question. What do I do when I don't want to be who I am? Right. Like that's, and that's some deep work. That's really deep work that we need to do as, um, people who have a strong inner critic. Right. And I think, you know, the shadow, the shadow work, I, I almost feel like that word is so scary for people. <laughs> Maybe I should start calling it self-acceptance work because it's like, it does carry this like energy of like, oh my God, I don't want to meet my shadows. Like who the hell wants to meet these parts of themselves, right? But what I will say is that shadow work is like truly liberating. That's where we liberate ourselves from that question, or at least from the answer of that question being something negative, right? Like I want to escape myself. I'll stop looking at myself. I won't take pictures of myself. You know, I won't put myself on dating apps because I'm scared of rejection. Like all of these are the ways that we're answering it when we're caught in self animosity. And I think the benefit of doing shadow work is that, right? Integrating the parts of ourselves that we don't love and learning how to love them. But I also think one of the greatest things for me 
on my shadow work journey was not being as triggered as easily. Because when we have unintegrated aspects of our of ourselves, and we see those same un, un, unintegrated aspects in others, it triggers the fuck out of us, right? And I, before I started doing shadow work, I was always triggered. And especially in gay, gay, the gay setting, at going out to the gay bars or gay this or gay that, anything gay, there was so much unintegrated parts around, around my, my gayness that I didn't, um, I wasn't able to even be around other gay men without feeling triggered, you know what I mean? And I think that's a big part of shadow work is you aren't triggered as much when you're not triggered as much, you spend more time in love and joy and peace and harmony, right? All the things that we all want more of. And then I think the other aspect, the other side of the coin is like, when we do shadow work, when we learn to love ourselves, we don't wear those masks that you were speaking of, Callan. We don't fake out people, right? We love ourselves. We accept ourselves. So we put ourselves out there in really, really authentic ways. And when we do that, we get authentic connection back. And I think for me, I'll just speak for myself. There is nothing juicier than authentic connection. I love it. I love being seen and felt and heard for the exact nature of who I am. I don't want to have to fake people out. Right. And I love offering that gift to other people, like seeing them for who they really are, even if I don't agree with it but seeing them for who they really are and saying, you know what, I respect you for showing up in the most authentic nature of who you are and let's be real with each other. Right. Um, and I think the three of us can probably all say that's why we do what we do. We, we, we want people to feel more safe, more confident, more authentic so they can show up in, in, um, in being themselves. Right. Yeah. What a beautiful segue because, uh, the topic in the Gay Men's Brotherhood this month is belonging. And so that is exactly why when I was thinking about this, I was reflecting on, okay, well, if the topic is belonging, what are the things we can talk about? And I asked myself the question, well, where does belonging start? Who gets to decide when we belong and all that good stuff? And it led me right to self-acceptance, which is why I thought this was a great conversation. And Matt, you so nicely put a little bow on it as to why the conversation about self-acceptance completely has to do with connection and belonging and authentic connection specifically and how we relate with our others because the way we relate with others is the way we relate with ourselves so if you're approaching yourself with a mask right like oh i'm just going to avoid all this stuff over here i don't like then you're going to do the same thing with others and that does not that is not what authentic connection is all about so i mean that's that's a great segue into why i chose this topic i'll tell you a little bit about how self-acceptance work has been uh, has had a tangible benefit in my life so my story throughout my life has been a lot of insecurity about being gay about being this that and the other thing just a lot of insecurity fear of visibility fear of being seen fear of being hurt all these things even though I deeply wanted those things I was afraid to do it and it all stemmed from some kind of insecurity so I got to a place I don't know how old I was but I was younger and I, I was like okay I'm gonna be I'm gonna be more confident I'm going to be less insecure. And I thought what that meant was being more loud and being more outspoken and just showing off more, but that's not <laughs> what a, what true self-confidence is. And so that didn't work. And what I learned through my own journey was that I have, I have 
my own unique brand of confidence, which is a very quiet confidence. It's not the kind that we tend to think it is. Mine is very quiet. I don't really need to do that. And, but I thought I should, and I thought I had to, and I thought that's, what's wrong with me is I'm not loud enough. I'm not outgoing enough. I don't, I'm not, I'm not great at speeches and telling stories and all these things. But once what actually made me able to make a change is when I acknowledged first that I was insecure and saying those words out loud, ironically in a mirror to myself, um, was painful, very uncomfortable, and also very liberating. It felt like a weight was lifted off me. It's like, I don't need to run away from myself anymore because I've acknowledged it. I've Actually, I'd say even before I accepted it is acknowledgement, like, let's just look at it and acknowledge that it's there. And then we can accept. And then from a place of acceptance, eventually we get to maybe even love. And then from there, like, you know, ownership and and all the other things, but you have to go through acceptance first. It's, It's a beautiful kind of neutral place to be. So yeah, I think once I acknowledged, here's the fact that I'm insecure, even though I didn't want to say that out loud. And here's the things I'm insecure about and put those on the table, so to speak really provided me like from there and I owned and I, and I, and I saw it and I, I felt liberated in it. Then I was like, okay, cool. Now I know what I'm dealing with. Now that I know what I'm dealing with, it's a less scary and B we can start to, to make changes. And then from there, I developed my own unique self-confidence. Like, what does it mean to me? What do, what do, what does it really feel like? And how can I embody that in a way that I get to still be me and I don't have to be somebody else. And now that's exactly what I teach is you get, you get to, decide what confidence is for you and then do that because it's a lot easier to just be yourself than try to be someone you're not because then you're just adding to the problem so that's a little bit how uh self-acceptance has been a very practical benefit along my journey okay guys um the last question i have here for the viewer listener how can you develop greater self-acceptance oh well, I think that, that I kind of covered that with the, uh, <laughs> with the mirror work. Um, yeah. Answer like, the other question then. What, the practical benefits. How, is, how has self-acceptance helped you? How has it benefited your life? Yeah. I, I think it just is just zero fucks given. Is that yeah. like, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, it's just it feels like good. Zero fucks given. Yeah. Like yes, we're always kind of going to care what people have to say about us. But like, at the end of the day, if I'm enjoying my life, if I'm genuinely happy, if I'm enjoying my life, if I love the people who are in my life, and I'm having a good time, and I'm like helping other people, and I'm not being a shitty person, then like zero fucks given. Like, but it takes a lot of practice and time to get there. And I'm not saying zero fucks given in the the over faking confidence way, like how Michael was talking about, like, it's not a fake, like, we all know those people who are like clearly like overdoing it. And it's just like, okay, well you're hiding behind the fact that you're not confident. You're really just like doing a fake out going in the complete opposite direction and being loud and boisterous just because like you want to prove it or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But like a genuine, like, okay. Like the, the honest confidence of just like, cool. Like I've had, I've had so many interactions in life where, you know, people have said things or done things and you're just like, okay. And it's because they want to get something out of you. But if you're confident, you don't need to play into their energies, whether they're trying to get your attention because they're attracted to you, whether you're trying to get your attention because they want to say like, whatever that is, you're just like, okay, like 
you know, we could just have an honest conversation instead of you mm-hmm. trying to do something stupid or silly or be catty or whatever it is, because in the gay community, we have so many games we play that I, you know, I just don't play the game. So it's just, you know, you get to that place of zero fucks given in like the best possible way of like love and compassion, but like, yeah, no, sorry, zero fucks are given right now. Um, Peace, love rainbows, love you, Um, but you got some work to do. Um, Yeah, that's what I'd say about that. (laughs) The energy I get from that is it just feels good. Like it just just feels better, it's easier. Like I I love when you speak, Kellen, because you could just tell like, you're so much like you're liberated and it's like this is who I am and it just feels good like that's that's the energy I'm getting from you right now <laughs> yeah and actually there is there I went I went to a place called Hanlon's Beach last weekend for a friend's birthday uh, here in Toronto so it's the nude beach um very gay of course always and we went to this part that it was like everybody was nude at the nude beach. Like there was the nude beach. Then there's the, like everybody really is naked. And there was friends, friends who were over there. And so everybody went over there and then everybody else got naked. And there was kind of this peer pressure for me to do it. And I was just like, no, I don't want to. And I was just like, no. And like people kind of kept trying to poke at it because they obviously just wanted to see me naked. And I was just like, if that's all you really want, like there's many naked men around you, like look around. But like, I like respect my boundaries and I just didn't give zero fucks. And because I didn't play it up, like, no, like I didn't get coy, but I was just like, no, sorry, like not going to happen. And then like, eventually people did drop it, but it was just like zero fucks given. This is who I am. You're not going to win this battle because when you're sturdy and confident in who you are in not a rude or aggressive way, and you're just like authentically, honestly, just being yourself, people can't come up against it. And if they do, they lose real fast and they give up real fast because they're just like, oh, this person knows some stuff that I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I find that that's kind of what happens a lot of the time where it's just like when you're just your authentic self and you're just accepting all of it and you're just like, no, this is who I am. Sorry, not that's not a part of me. It's not part of my experience. They're just like, oh, okay. And I find a lot more people respect that too because they're like, even if they don't agree with it or even if it's not their thing, they still respect it a lot more because they're like, wow, like, you know, he didn't have to make it a big deal. He didn't have to turn it into anything. It was just honestly what it was. I think a lot of that came with age too. I think just growing up, a lot of that happens. Um, but yeah, fun stories. I have to catch you at Hamlin sometime, Callan. <laughs> yes, we need to plan a beach. <laughs> okay, how about you, Matt? What, uh, how can you develop greater self-acceptance? Tell us. Yeah, I got lots of I got lots of things to share on this topic. Um, I do want to piggyback off of what Callum was saying because I do a lot of work in authenticity coaching, and that's really what I do. And like a lot of the work I do is shadow work with people. And um, there's something that you when you were talking, Callum, it, it reminded me of a quality that I'm really, really working on, and I have for the, been for the last few years, which is uh, being self possessive, right? being possessive of somebody means we're going to take them and we're going to possess them. We're going to make them ours. What, what does it mean to us when we become possessive of ourself, right? We stop leaking out our energy to what other people think about me. And we enter that energy of zero fucks given. Um, but that is one of the, the qualities of, of an authentic person, somebody who's living their authenticity. They're very self-possessive and they don't follow the herd. 
right? They are trailblazers. They're pioneers. They are okay with rejection. They're okay with people seeing them um, and, in, and, and disapproving of them, and, but they still stay in alignment to their truth and they still choose to live that way. And I think that is one of the, you know, when we're moving towards a greater sense of self-acceptance, I think that, that, that is really important to remember that because when we don't accept ourselves, it means we've bought into the social norming, the conditioning and the programming of who I am is not okay, right? The body that I'm living in is not okay. It's not attractive enough. You know, the thoughts I think aren't smart enough, whatever that might be. When we become more self-possessive, all that just kind of dissipates because we don't give a fuck, right? And, and you know, I, I agree with what you said too, because I don't think it's humanly possible to get to a point where we don't give zero fucks. I think we give like maybe 10%. And I think how I frame it with people is... Um, we start to care more about what we think about ourselves than what other think others think about us. And I've said that in previous episodes before, it's the balance between the two, right? One, when we do get into that energy of authenticity, we, that one where we view ourselves as, as, um, you know, more valuable, our thoughts are more valuable about, about us than other people's is when we get into that energy of it rising above. Um, but I'm going to go through kind of, I'll walk you guys through kind of the process of, of, for myself and kind of this journey for me. So as far as getting greater self-acceptance, like I said earlier, it's, it's extremely important to get self-aware, right? Um, when we don't have a lot of awareness or, or, or good introspection, we tend to project um, out into the world around us. And that does nothing but keep us stuck in a place of not accepting ourselves. So I think we got to get really real. We got to put on the table, like Michael said, bring everything onto the table and be willing to sort through um, what is creating that gap between who I am and who I, who I want to be. Um, and then when, when we start to bring those things in, it's important because that, that process can be really overwhelming. And it's, it's, I, think, I think it's important to do some coaching around it because it's really important to have somebody that can walk you through it so you can tackle each shadow individually. You can work through it relationally because that's where a lot of the healing happens. And, um, and, and taking it in, in baby steps. And I think it's really important to lead with self-compassion when we're doing this work, because shadow work, it can easily, especially if we're rooted in shame or perfectionism, it can easily become a thing of like, I need to get to this destination, right? But it's not about that. Shadow work isn't, isn't about a des destination. We don't arrive to loving ourselves. Um, it's a constant practice. And I think even for myself, I still have days where I find it hard to accept myself. I've been doing this work for 15 years, right? Like this isn't a destination. I'm not just going to suddenly arrive to a place where, where I, I love myself infinitely and it's all good, right? Because it's, I think all of these self, self-esteem, self-confidence, self-worth, they're all things that are very um, dynamic, right? And fluid. They're not static. We move between them, um, you know, our actions, you know, I could maybe move into an activity where I'm really good at it and I can feel amazing. And then I can move into an activity where I, I'm not very good at it and it can, it can impact how I feel about myself. Right. I think this is just natural and normal. Um, and then the, the last thing I'll say is there's this, um, I do a lot of like spiritual teaching and I work, I work with, um, 
I listened to a lot of pot or a lot of like YouTube videos and things around um, how to move towards acceptance um, on in the, in the spiritual sense. And, and the word allowance is, is often used allowing yourself to be as you are. I think that's so important because on the journey of self-development, we often fall into the trap of like, I'm broken and I need to be fixed right? But it's not about that. It's, it's, it's about allowing yourself to be all of the things. And when you stop bringing resistance to those things, they melt away, right? And when we, when we approach them from this masculine doing, doing, doing mentality, we're trying to fix ourselves, right? And, and I know that all too well. And I think that's why this topic is such a hot spot for me, because I did that for so many years. I tried to fix myself. I, I viewed myself as defective and broken. And I did everything and anything to try and fix myself. It was two years ago, when I learned the concept of allowance, and it completely changed my life, allowing everything, allow people to be as they are, allow yourself to be as you are, allow your emotions to move through you as they are. It's such a gift when we, when we allow, and I think that would be probably the biggest thing. And, and the mantra that comes along with that for me is welcome everything, welcome everything as it shows up, um, the parts of ourselves, the shadows, the ugly parts of ourselves, um, give them space, give them space to be there because that's when we learn to sit with them. And that's step one. We need to learn to be with them. Um, but otherwise we resist, we resist, we resist, we push them away. The healing can't take place. So I think self-acceptance will really um, take place when we practice more allowance. I'll leave it there. So well said. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to jump in. I want to say yes to all that you said, Matt. And I think for me that that's curiosity is instead of pushing it away, just if you're, if it's still too new, still too fresh, just get curious about it Totally. and yeah. then ask questions. So yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I, I was really excited to have this conversation with you guys. And I think that it is a very valuable topic, um, even if it may be a little bit vague for some people. I think, you know, you guys did a really good job explaining it in a practical sense. Um, I think what I would say is definitely get a coach or, or have someone, a therapist or a counselor, something, someone who, who can do that with you. Um, I think that is very valuable, helped me for sure. Um, and then there's two, th I'm kind of leaning between two things right now. One is perfectionism, which, you know, it, it, you have to drop the, the perfection. I think we can do, I, maybe we already have done a whole episode on perfectionism, but we, we could do a whole episode on perfectionism mm -hmm. if we haven't already, um, because that is the opposite of self-acceptance. It is trying to be perfect, trying to present as something that you're clearly not, and nobody is. Um, so I think working through that, is definitely a great way to get into more self-acceptance. Like, hey, I'm not perfect. Sometimes I fuck up. Sometimes I create work that is only B, B minus. Sometimes I create work that is a D. Sometimes I fail and fall flat on my face and that's that. Um, and really accepting those, those that the fact that we're not perfect and, and that's okay, nobody is. Which brings me to the second point, which is don't compare yourself right? So easy to say that the compare and despair trap we all fall into. Um, let's go back to the analogy of the pile of things on the table, right? So you have the pile of things you love and the pile of things you don't. 
When we look around at everybody else's pile on their table, guess what, folks? Everyone else has the exact same two piles, okay? So it might not be the exact same things in each pile, right? But they surely, I trust and believe, <laughs> they have a pile of things they do not like. So there is no need to compare and despair. Sure, I mean, we're human nature to compare, but we don't need to think that anyone else has it better overall. We don't need to, we can drop the whole, they're better than I am as a person, as a human. Our worthiness, and I say this all the time, is intact. It is non-negotiable. It is there all the time. As long as you're here and you're alive, you're worthy, you're enough. Now, I could be better at something than in this particular way, but that's that's different. What I want to say is the we all have those two piles. And, and I think when we can allow that to be there and allow everyone to have their piles and realize, hey, we're all just trying to make this work relating with each other, bumping up against each other, working together, uh, being in relationships together, we all bring our piles with us. And that's going to show up in many different ways. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, uh, before I wrap up, any last words on the topic of self-acceptance? Um, yeah, when you were talking just that last little bit, when you were talking about, you know, compare and despair, I was kind of thinking about it in regards to like relationships as well, like relationships with other people, whether that be romantic or just interpersonal and how, you know, you know, thinking about it in more of a romantic sense, if you're in that space where you're just like, oh, I'm not worthy of being with this person. I'm not worthy of being with that person. This person's out of my league and all that kind of stuff. Think back to what Michael just said. Every single person has those different piles. That person who you perceive as perfect, I guarantee that if you were to get into a relationship with them and spend a year with them, you would figure out all that stuff that's in their not perfect pile. And you would go, oh, huh, they're not perfect. They're just another human being that have their own hookups, they have their own issues, they have their own bag of stuff that they're carrying through the relationship. So, you know, if you're, if you're putting it into those senses, just remember that you're a human being, you've got your stuff, they're a human being, they got their stuff. The only thing you need to be of value is just you. The fact that you're here accepting yourself, this is who I am, bring that to the table. I mean, if you can get to that place and if you are in that place, that bringing that to a relationship is so much value that the other person would be so lucky to be involved. So I just wanted to say that about, about that. Yeah, solid point. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys are getting me all stimulated. <laughs> like, like, I, um, what, what came to mind was um, this whole notion of allowing ourselves to be seen because you know, think about like Instagram, it just, it's so irritating. <laughs> it's like, you know, everybody is putting yes. their best foot forward and we're all comparing our behind the scenes with everybody's highlight reel. And then we're like, oh, I'm, I'm despair. I'm in despair because like, I'm not good enough. I'm not this enough, but I want to, I want everybody to take responsibility. Okay. Cause we can't make other people be authentic and vulnerable. We can only own that for ourselves. This is the power of vulnerability. So Next time you have the opportunity to put forward your best foot and hide your not so best foot, <laughs> maybe try taking that little tiny leap by putting yourself out there. And then what you're going to notice is other people get permission to do the same thing, right? When I take off my mask, the people around me feel safe to do the same. Then what happens is we 
enter authenticity and we share connection in that authenticity, right? And that's where we feel seen, we feel heard and we feel valued and validated as being an imperfectly perfect human being, right? And I just think it's so, so crucial that we all need to give each other more space to show up and uh, be that. And that's why I do what I do. That's why I own the parts of myself that I, you know, and I, I lead with some of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm not proud of. And I have been doing that for years. And it's led to me having some really amazing connections and attracting really amazing people into my life who are struggling with very similar things as me. Um, and so I just think vulnerability, it's such a game changer when we learn how to use it effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Very well said. And again, another segue. So guys, this is the topic of belonging, believe it or not, talking about self-acceptance is at the root or mm. yeah, is at the root of belonging. So yeah. um, we are at time. So I wanted to thank all of the listeners and viewers for joining us today on another lovely episode of Game and Going Deeper. So if you are not already in the Facebook community, please come join us. It is a free community. There are over 3,700 men. Um, and if you're listening to us on a podcast, it would be awesome if you got any value from this episode to give us a beautiful five-star rating. And please, please also leave us a comment. Um, we are reading our reviews at the beginning of each episode. So if you're lucky, we will read yours as well. Okay, guys. Uh, also, if you're watching us on YouTube, hi, uh, please subscribe. If you're not subscribed already, click the little bell icon so that you get notified every time we release a new episode. And actually, since we can actually engage with you on YouTube, please go ahead and leave us a comment. Uh, let us know what you think. Tell us how you're doing on your own self-acceptance journey. One of us will be responding there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. You can even connect with other people who are listeners, watchers as well. Um, so finally, I wanted to thank the lovely Matt and Callan for your ever going loving wisdom today. Uh, it's a pleasure spending this time with you and having this conversation. Okay, guys, see you next time and have a great week. Bye. Bye.